Father, as we come to you today and we celebrate life, and we thank you, Lord, because even when society won't see us, you see us. Even when society reject us, you will always accept us. And thank you for being such a loving father, Lord. Thank you, God, because it's your Holy Spirit that keeps us, keeps us on our feet. You give us direction and you give us hope. Thank you for the power of your spirit. And Lord, today as we as we sang these beautiful songs to you, we are reminded, Lord, that there is a relationship between us as your children and you as our Father. And we are reminded that we can fall, you will lift us up. And when society rejects us, you will always show us the love, that unconditional love that you have for us. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let the house say amen. How great is God, amen? Awesome. Give God a round of applause. I tell you. There was a big boxing match going on yesterday. I don't follow boxing like I used to. But I remember when, when, when there was this rivalry between Puerto Rican boxers and Mexican boxers. And, and every time there's a, there's a, a victorious one, you know, people, you know, the, the, the guy that wins raises their hand in the whole stadium. You know, they, they roar in victory. And... Those boxers, every boxer, one point to another, they're going to lose a fight, right? And I'm a fan of giving God all praise because he is the only undefeated that defeated death. And when we say let's give a shout of praise to the champion of champions, we need to go all out. So let's give God a shout of praise, our king of kings, our lord of lords, the champion of champions. And the beauty of it is that that victory has been given to you once you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let me tell you, this excites me. This is an exciting moment to me. Y'all ready to study God's word today? Amen? Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to be reading and sharing verses 8 to 13. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 verses 8. To 13. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna read this and we're gonna pray for the word today. And I know for a fact, first of all, I need to pause real moment for a minute and I need to give my Latino friends a reminder if that's okay with you. Gente 
de Skyland Latino, Dios les bendiga. Espero que estén todos gozándose en este servicio. Antes de continuar con la prédica, quiero recordarles que en la parte de atrás tenemos los aparatitos de, para la audición porque tenemos un intérprete eh, disponible. Así que si no lo tienen, por favor, vayan y agarren uno para que no se pierdan esta bendición. ¿Les parece? Amén. All right. So, I was just reminding them that we have an interpreter in the house and that we have the talk and listen kit. Back to the Word of God, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 13. Let me go ahead and, and share this word with you, and we read. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. And, and I pray, God, that this speaks to the lives of each and every one of us. Lord, you have been dealing with me all week as you've been speaking to me through this word. And I pray, Father God, that as your servant shares this word, that your Holy Spirit will empower this moment and that we can all leave this place, not as we came in, but filled with your joy and, and, and the gift of salvation. We thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have you had this moment? I, I usually have this moment that I prepare a message, and I have this, this outline already set up. And did you know that this morning, I wake up at 6 in the morning, I'm going through my notes, and it was one of those things like it wasn't clicking. And I was like, oh, here we go again. All right, Angie, put the coffee, please. I got to fix this real quick. And it's a beautiful thing when, we, when, when God speaks to one, and, and we, we want to share what he wants us to hear. And as I was praying this morning and going over these notes, God spoke to me, reminding me of the people that marked my life with their testimony of the pureness of God's love towards me. Now, as we are commemorating those that went home to be with Jesus this year, I can remember vividly those men and women who sowed a seed of God's word that made a mark in my life. And I can certainly assure you that if it wasn't for the boldness of, this, of these people and the passion they had for a young man like me, still young, may I add, why, why are y'all laughing? If these people weren't as bold to come to a young man that they never knew in their lives, never seen him, yet still shared that love behind the word, I would not be standing here today. It took boldness of people to come to an angry young man that wouldn't even 
give Christianity the time or day, and they still came. They still smiled. They still showed love. And for these people that I have never seen again, I give thanks to the Lord. And, and it's because of that, of that one time that that seed was sowed. That's why I love the song that was saying um, that, that, that God gave us a name. He gave us a name. We are the apple of his eyes. We are the children of, of, of his heart, you know. And, and I love it because it reminds me of, of the fact that society can reject us, but God will never reject us. It doesn't matter what lifestyle we've been living or, or how dark our past was. God doesn't care. He doesn't care. His, his, his whole thing is the now. What are we doing now? How are we with Jesus now? And in this passage that I just shared, as part of what Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, uh, he gives a unique advice that we were to follow God's example to walk in love as Jesus did. Now, when I, when I, when I see that and I'm reading the verse, I, I, I ask myself, well, what does that mean? You know, what, what, I mean, I'm not perfect like Jesus by no means. You want to see? Catch me on I-85 driving, you know? I mean, I mean, listen, this is, where, this is where God is really working with me, you know? I stopped calling people morons in the street, you know? I, I really did, so I'm getting a little better at that, you know? Now I have to pray for them. Lord, show me how to pray for these irresponsible drivers on I-85. Bless them and let your angels be with them because, and with those around, you know? So... So, you know, by, I'm not as close as Jesus by a long shark. You know, I know Jesus would do it better. So what does that mean? What does that mean? What are, what are God's expectations of me as one of his children? You know, what is it that God wants from me as his child? And when I ask that question, you know, I start, God reminds me of my children God, and, and I told my kids, I'm going to put you guys on the spot once again, you know, and they already, they should be already used to them, but I'm not going to call you by name. Don't worry. So y'all stay put. So, so, so when I asked the question, you know, I start thinking about my, my children. You see, as a parent and you moms and dads, you, you can probably attest to this as, as, as a parent, you know, I have certain expectations of my children, uh, expectations of how they perform in school, expectations of, of when they're working, give it your best. Give it your best. I tell my children, as long as you're working hard, you know, leave the results to the Lord. You know, I told, I told my children, I told my kids, well, one of them, I told them, listen, I prefer a hard C than an easy A any day. Because as as the expectations, you know, God expects the best from us. And we want to give God the best of us. We don't want to give God a, a, a mediocre of me. You know, I want to give God the best of me. 
and for me to give God the best of me, I, I have to try to meet that expectation. What would Jesus do in a situation like this? And thank God for the word that is alive today. Do you know that the Bible, one of the things that I'm connecting our Skyland Latino and I'm charging them with and getting them excited is to stay connected to the word. Because even though the word of God is history, has the most updated information today and will have the most updated information of tomorrow. Because God's word will speak to each and every one of us according to the needs of the now. Y'all got me? The word of God is life. And the word of God speaks life. And many times, even though the Word of God will give me a word of encouragement, God's Word will also confront me of things that I might be doing that are not pleasing to Him. Jose, you're doing it wrong. This is not the way to do it, Jose. You know, when we go to heaven, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you guys go first. I'll, I'll stay in the last because I know that God is going to take a long time to talk to me. I don't want to keep y'all waiting. I heard that the queso in heaven is awesome. Y'all go first. So I have these expectations as a parent. What does God expect of me? You see, I know my children. My four kids, they all have their uniqueness. Each one of them has their special, strong qualities, but they also have their weaknesses, as we all do. You know, therefore, I don't expect one to perform like the other, and I will never compare one with the other, except for a strategic move like, look at the way your sister cleaned this kitchen. Isn't she awesome? So, don't, don't be pointing at each other. <laughs> so, I don't expect one to act like the other or the other as the other. I treat them different according to their qualities, according to their uniqueness, according to, and, and also according to their weaknesses. If I know that I cannot approach one the same way that I approach the other, I have to be very careful on how to approach one because, you know, one of them can be more sensitive than the other. It happens. It happens. Now, one thing that I can assure you is that God is the same with me, and he is the same way with us. God created us to be unique. He gave us special qualities, and he gifted us with special talents, and he gave us special spiritual gifts for us to use these gifts for his kingdom and for his glory. Am I, am I making sense here? So, one thing that I can assure you as I walk with Christ, and as I serve Christ, and as I am passionate of sharing Jesus with others, is that I will never forget where God brought me out from. I will never forget where I was, and I will never forget the hole that God dug me out of. 
You know, that right there will never escape my memory. It won't. I know where I was. I know where I was. And I know who I was. As well as I know who I am, as well as I know where I am now in Christ. Do you remember where you were before Jesus took control of your life? Do you remember the, the, the walk that didn't make sense at all? Do you remember walking without direction? Do you remember trying to be happy and it never took place? Do you remember when you were filling your void with all kinds of stuff that the world had to offer and nothing would fulfill it? And the only one who fulfilled that emptiness in an empty life, in an empty heart, is Jesus himself. Do you remember that, church? Now, do you see a different you from before Jesus to the now. Do you see a different you? I tell you what, I saw a picture of me back in the day. I, I really begged my family not to post it on social media or to do a, one of those, what do you call it, side by side, the before and after, so people can see the improvement of, of who I am in Jesus now. When I saw me before Jesus, I saw, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, every day you see the same you. You don't see the change because you see you every day. But the people that are around you that don't see you every day and all of a sudden they see you from where you were before to where you are now, they'll see the difference because God starts cleansing us from the inside and it reflects on the outside. He works from the inside and it reflects on the outside. And what it reflects on the outside is going to, is going to be noticeable to those that are watching you and to those that are talking to you and to those that are encountering you. Let me tell you something. You will not even notice when God is transforming your life. All you have to do is surrender and God will take care of the rest. When people look at you and they'll say, I remember the first time somebody said, hey man, are you in church? You know, when Times before that, people were saying, hey, kid, don't hang out with that guy. He's going to mess you up big. And all of a sudden, going to a bakery, getting ready to go to church, hey, are you in church? You know, curiosity killed the cat is what they say, right? I said, I was like, really? How do you know? Because I wanted to know. I wanted to know. Do you, can you see the difference? Can you see? I can't see what's going on, but can you see it? Can you see it? And, 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 and what I hear was, well, is that you talk different. You walk different. You look different. And it's not because I wanted to change. It's not because I forced myself into change. It's because Jesus was molding an old life, cleansing from the inside, reflecting on the outside to prepare me to be more like him. And it was noticeable. It was noticeable. I asked one day, 
to our congregation. If there is a raid in Atlanta and people are arresting the Christian folk, will they recognize you as one of them? Or will they bypass you because they can't see the difference? If, if you are in the middle of this raid, will, Jesus, will you be noticed as Peter was noticed when Jesus was arrested? Hey, surely he was one of them. Nuh-uh. I was not. But people saw. What will people see in us? I remember back in the day, I remember back in the day when I was a little street thug and, and to me, I had a problem with submission. I had a, I had a, I was one that it was either my way or the highway. This whole word submit, submit. It was very difficult for me because I lost respect for everything and everybody, right? So when Jesus took control of my life, that's one thing that I had to let him work in me because now it's different. Before, it was me first, me second, and whatever's left over, it's also for me. Now, it's never about me. It is never about me. It's about the one who saved me. The one who defeated death. The one who died on a cross for this guy that thought that the world was his. And I had no idea I was nowhere close. Jesus, Jesus has always been passionate about me even when I turned my back on him. Jesus is very passionate about you. He's passionate about you. Today, we lit up a, a candle for those friends who, who we love dearly in this, you know, and this year they went to be home with Christ. You see, the difference is that they are rejoicing with the Jesus they loved here on earth. They're, they're, they beat us. Even though we miss them, they don't miss us. Once they see those, that street of gold and... I mean, I just, I just can't imagine what heaven looks like. I just can't wait to see it. I was reminding, I was reminding our youth last Wednesday, one of the things that we're getting, we always get excited is, what about heaven? What about heaven? And, and as I was praying about this today, God continues to remind me of what he spoke on John 14, 6. I am the way. I am the truth. I am 
the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. It's so simple. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And what we do, as we shared that verse last week, it was we were getting excited about heaven to the point where we want to share with our friends about the way, the truth, and the life and say, hey, you know what? What's going to happen when you leave this earth? Do you know where you're headed? I know where I'm headed. I know where I'm headed. I know for a fact that I'm going to be in my eternal home, and I'm not going to miss this place. I know y'all are going to miss me, I hope. But I'm going to be rejoicing with Jesus, waiting on you guys. Waiting on you guys. I'll save you guys some food, I promise. I'll even eat my vegetables because I know they, they must be banging up in heaven. Now, when, let me ask you this question, and I'm, I'm going to land this plane right now. When you hear about heaven, when you hear about heaven, does it excite you? Does heaven excite you? I mean, if I ask the question, where is it? A place that you would love to visit, the place of your dreams, where would that be? Some people will say, Paris, France. Others would say, Hawaii. Others would say, all kinds, Disney World. I mean, you name it. But what about heaven? Does heaven excite you as maybe Italy or as maybe uh, Dubai or wherever the dream place is, do you not know that none of these places will not compare and will never compare to where our future holds us? The kingdom of heaven. And it's, all of, it's not because of what I do. It's because of who did it for me. And he is here today. He is here today to give us the opportunity of receiving the gift of eternal life. And also charging us that we have received Jesus to get other people excited for heaven. Isn't God good? Does this excite you, folks? Does, 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 does it excite you to the point to share the Jesus that you love to those that don't know him. Does it excite you? I'm going to ask the prayer team to start making your way over here. We're about to, we're going to close this out. And as we close this out, I want to share just a little something with you. One of my favorite evangelist back in the 90s and still till today his name is Luis Palau Luis Palau an Argentinian man who moved to to the United States in his 20s now Luis they called him the Latino Billy Graham this guy would make all these great crusades. He would spice it up to reach youth. 
He was one of these coat and tie guys that, that would go to these coliseums and, and they would fill out the place and, and Luis would share Jesus. But then when he realized that this wasn't working for the younger generation, he spiced it up. He started putting in these coliseums, these skateboard rings, and he started bringing a lot of truck foods and, and a lot of games and stuff like that. And he, he kind of dre dressed down. He was bringing all these praise teams, uh, these praise bands, the modern music and all that stuff. And Luis would say, I love the guys. I love the girls. The music may be a little too much for me, but it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And I'm going to, and I look, and I look past that to reach another one for Christ. Now, Luis is battling lung cancer. But he's still exciting for Jesus and he's still going strong to reach those for Christ. Now, one thing about Luis, he had a counseling session in, in, in Puerto Rico. He, he would, it would be televised, and he was talking on the phone. He would receive these inbound calls. People would call him with different situations, different circumstances. I mean, problems at home, problems in their lives, problems of depression, problems of divorce, problems of abuse, all kinds of problems. And Luis would always pick up the phone, and you would hear them having these conversations. No matter what the problem was, Luis would ask the same question. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And they would say, uh, no. I mean, I've gone to church all my life, but I've never asked Jesus to come to my life. And Luis, with a big smile, would say, this is your biggest problem. Because if Jesus is not in you, his blessings are absent. And you need Jesus. We come to church every Sunday for different reasons. But hopefully for the same goal. I don't know what drew, what, what drew your attention or what motivated you to come here today. But I do know that it was a plan of God. And I do know that this was not an accident. You see, we can come to church every Sunday, and that's great. This is where it starts. But coming to church does not define me as a Christian man. It doesn't. It defines me as a churchgoer. What will make me a Christian man is, to me, is for me to realize that I have a problem, and it's called sin. But it also means that the church is my clinic where the doctor is Jesus ready to heal my sickness. But for him to heal my sickness, I have to realize that I am sick. He will not make a move unless I go and tell him, I need your help. 
So I ask you this question today. And in just one moment, we're going to open the altar. There's going to be people here praying for you. Altar team, ask those if they receive Jesus and do your thing. This is the day the Lord has made for us to rejoice and be glad in it. And the Bible says that one comes to Christ, there's party in heaven. There's party in heaven. You can come to the altar for different reasons of prayer, but if you haven't received Jesus, I mean, you're, you, you know you. You know you and God knows you. Ask to receive Jesus Christ. He's the only way. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for the gift of salvation. I thank you for what you have done in our lives and the fact that I celebrate today. I celebrate, Father, because back in the early 90s, you, you, paid, you gave all your attention to this young soul that had no purpose. His life made no sense. Yet again, you send those soldiers, those angels, to come to this young man, and this young man today serves you. Now, Father, I thank you because it's that same Jesus that has been shared here tonight, today. And I ask, Father God, that you will, that your Holy Spirit will penetrate in the lives of each and every one of us, and that we can honestly say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Father, as people walk in and they walk this way to the altar, Father, I pray, Lord, that you will transform continuously our lives to be more like you because at the end of the day, heaven awaits. And as people come forward, Lord, and they say, I received Jesus. This whole church, we are going to celebrate with your angels up in heaven. We thank you, Father, for your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar is open. If you need prayer, specific prayer, let us pray for you. Let us pray for you. Amen.